your first time here? Hey, I'm Jenna, and I'm so glad that you're joining me here today. A little disclaimer that you will hear in every episode is this. What I'm about to share with you are my personal thoughts, opinions, and experiences. I am not an expert, nor will everything that I say be factual. Please do your own research and think for yourself. As always, my hope is that my life experiences can help you in your life. So sit back and soak in the goodness. All right, here's part two of my episode on Hawaii. All right, we're back with part number two of my episode on Hawaii and all things Hawaiian culture. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about is how um, in Hawaii, there's not a lot of emphasis on like your job or uh, handshaking or even like using formal um, terms when you're inter- introducing people to one another. So can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, Kay. absolutely. So I think, um, let's say we're in Arizona and you and I both meet somebody, we're going to shake hands. That's a formal greeting. Yes, absolutely. Um, here, that's a white person thing to shake hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll just say it like that. Um, traditionally, the Hawaiians would do like a hug and then sometimes like the double kiss on the cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically um, for me, if I'm meeting somebody f- that's from the mainland, I'm not going to initiate a handshake because I don't like to handshake. But if they initiate, I'll do it back. But um, other than that, it's like a hug. Okay. Yeah. It can be a deep hug or it can be like a mild hug kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what about the the job? There's not very much emphasis on what your job is. Usually like on the mainland, um, when you're like meeting somewhere for the first time, I feel like one of the main questions is, oh, hi, I'm Jenna. Oh, what do you do? Like, what is your job? Or yeah. when you're like, you know, I'm currently dating. And so if I, people ask, oh, what does he do? Or, you know what I mean? Like it's. They want to know, like, what his job like is because we put – first thing. Yeah, yeah, we put, like, such an emphasis on that. Yeah. I think there's a few things. One of them is we don't have as many varieties of jobs here. Mm. And so we are a little bit limited to what your career is going to be unless you're willing to leave. Mm. Um, and I also feel like just in general um, the mentality and the culture here is, like, what are the things in your life that really truly matter? And it's your friendships, your relationships with your family, um, just overall having like a good life. Mm -hmm. Um, So education is very important here. And of course, like parents want their kids to grow up and have a great education and have everything in life that they could have. But there just isn't this emphasis of importance of like what you do as a career. And looking back when I was in high school in California, I went to a, um, it was a public school, not a private school, but it was a college preparatory school. And I felt like every day Hmm. it was just this constant, like, what are you going to do with your life? And it was like, you need to go to college and you need to have a career. Hmm. And that's true. But I also felt like there was zero mention of anything else because a lot of people, when they think about, like, what do I want my life to look like, they're also thinking about children or, like, a partnership. 
and I just feel like here we know like that's the most important thing you know Mm -hmm. and also too is like if you're on your when you're on your deathbed in the future and you're thinking about your life are you gonna be thinking about your professional accolades are you gonna be like thinking about your family or your partner like those are the things that like really 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 matter in the grand scheme of things Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. but I also want to say uh we were talking about um someone yesterday and how due to religious reasons education wasn't important for them and their Mm -hmm. parents were really like yeah you can drop out of school like no problem because we don't want you working for these non-christian heathen people and we want you to um you know, be a business owner and stuff. And I would just want to, like, emphasize that's not where that mentality is coming from. No. Yeah. No. That was pretty... It's not a religious mentality that they're coming from. No. That was a pretty individual family yeah, mentality. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just thought... But I but I feel like someone could look... The reason why I wanted to emphasize that or make that comment is because I think people could be like, oh, is that a Christian thing? You mm-hmm. know, we kind of talked about in the last episode how, like, the queen wanted to make the religion more christian and stuff Mm -hmm. and i do think that that could i do think that that is a christian emphasis of more like family and getting married and stuff and maybe less about career especially for the women but i just want to i don't think that that's where that ideology is coming from yeah Yeah. i agree 100 percent um another thing i i just heard this from somebody who works in hr but they were saying like if let's say you and i died today Sure, our jobs will be sad and they will mourn us, but they're going to find our replacement tomorrow. Yeah. And so I feel like, I think also our parents, like our parents' generation, it was like you dedicate your life to your job kind of thing because they're providing all this money and they're providing this. And of course, like, of course you're going to be dedicated to your job and respect it and know like um, what it provides for you and the things you can do because you're earning money, but... Yeah, I just feel like we don't have that, yeah, same mentality here mm-hmm. because we know, like, what's more important. Like, family comes first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that. That's definitely, like, the type of marriage I want to have, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I was listening to – I there's another podcast that I love. It's called Trust Me, and it's about, like, cults, C-U-L-T-S, cults, high, like, control groups and stuff. And I was just listening to the episode that they released this week, like, right before you came over, and they were talking about MLMs and, you know, the multi-level marketing. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, that. that's such a scam. And they <laughs> had a guest on their pod who, like, was – successful in an MLM you know however it wasn't her that was actually successful it was like her subordinates that were underneath her that were successful but she was saying she's a she was or is a mom of five and her husband like worked and traveled all the time and so she was feeling like really unfulfilled she was feeling like alone she was feeling like what is her lot in life? You know, all these things. And I just kind of got so mad at the husband mm-hmm. because I was like, your wife is over here like dying and just so lonely and so depressed and like looking for purpose. And what are you doing to help? Because like she didn't, she didn't make mention of him once helping. Mm-hmm. She was just like, you know, my husband was working all the time and he was providing, which like, I'm sure she's so grateful for, but what about the emotional providence? Like, what about like, uh, and it just it just made me get mad. I just was like kind of mad at him that he 
A, do I know if she asked for it? I don't know. Was there ever mm-hmm. a conversation about it? I don't know. So I can't like be too judgmental, but I just thought, man, like marriage, there needs to be such more of an emphasis, I think, on family and marriage. I think that it is important. I think that if one of you is struggling, you need to be able to take the time to focus on it and and make it a priority. And a conversation that I was having with um, this guy that I'm going on dates with currently is I was telling him, and this has totally everything to do with what we're talking about, but I was telling him how, so he spends a lot of time with his mom and due to family circumstances, his mom is like super close to him and, and some of the only family that he has. And I am very understanding of that. And I, I want them to have quality time with each other. Like she's in her sixties, like people are not living very long. I mean, she could have like another 20, maybe 30 years. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was like really encouraging it and everything. And I said, the only thing that would bother me is if, if we got married and then I wasn't your number one priority, mm-hmm. like, because in my last relationship, I was number three, it was his mom, his sister, and then me. And I said, I will never be in a relationship like that again. I s- and he goes, you know, I said, would that, is that going to be a problem? Because I know how close he is with his mom. And he goes, no, I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. Like, she's very understanding. She knows that, like, okay, well, as of right now, she doesn't know that he and I are dating. But, like, you know what I mean? She, she, she understands, like, that if there is a woman in his life, like, she will be the priority. And Mm -hmm. I said, okay, so you're good with that, too. And he was like, yeah. And then he made the comment. He's like, you know, I don't mind being third or fourth. And I said, I said, no, that will never be okay with me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I said, if you're my husband, you are going to be my number one priority. No one will ever become, come ahead of you ever. I said, because our marriage and our foundation, it needs to be strong and firm because if it's not strong and firm, our house will collapse. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, because he goes, you know, I don't mind being third or fourth because I know like children and stuff can come into play. And I said, see, like, that's where I think that that thinking is wrong because for someone, this is my personal opinion, someone who puts their children above their spouse, I think it's just asking for disaster. You're asking Mm -hmm. for disaster because if you and your spouse and your marriage is not strong, the house is going to collapse. And I feel, and I feel it's important that children see a great example of a loving relationship from the parents. And so I said to him, I said, if, if the child can't go to the baseball game because you and I need to go on a date night or we need to go on a vacation, we will be going on a date night and vacation and that child will just have to just lack in that area. Mm-hmm. And after I told him like my explanation, he goes, you know what? I think I've changed my mind. And I was like, good. You know what I mean? Cause like I want him to see the importance of it. And I think it's just kind of awesome that he didn't have that mindset going in. But then, you know, when you talk sense and you may, you have logic and you have understanding that like family is important and we need to be a great example for our children too. Like I grew up in not a great household. Yeah. He did grow up in a good household, like his parents madly in love. And so I just think that, yeah, there's just, there needs to be an emphasis on marriage and, and family. And I think your marriage needs to come first for sure. Mm-hmm. So. You know what? That reminds me recently I was talking to my coworker and she um, ha- is been married a little over a year and they had a baby right away Mm. and I I would say I think this is true the first year of marriage is the hardest Mm -hmm. Um, so they were really struggling and she said that she knows that her husband loves their daughter more than her Mm. and she's like I 
Like, mm-hmm. I really hate that. Like, mm-hmm. I, of course, like, our daughter it comes first, but she feels like, yeah, she's, you know, she needs to come first. first. No, yeah, no, no. She, she's definitely less important in the household. And I think that's, that's really sad. It is sad. And I hear a lot of stories, too, about husbands say, like, once the children come in, that the wives just, like, neglect them. Absolutely. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not talking trash about anybody here. I'm just saying, like, my cognitive bias has picked up on multiple men or multiple husbands just saying, like, I wish I had my wife back. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, I miss the times of it just being us or all those things. That, and, and I feel like that's why it's important to put your marriage first. Mm-hmm. Both of you. Like, and, and husbands, like, you need to make sure you're taking care of your wives, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's to be vice versa. But I just feel like if that foundation is not strong, it's all going to come crumbling down Absolutely. and it's going to affect every part of your life. And then what's the point in being married anymore? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what? Yeah. Like, what's <laughs> the point of it all if you're not going to, like, work on it and make it great? Mm-hmm. To the best that you can, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I hope that something happens there and that it gets better because she doesn't, you don't know. Like, it was just us in the beginning. We are the ones that fell in love. We're the ones that decided we want to have this family and, like, build a life together. And then all of a sudden, like, this third person comes in. And I think it could be a struggle for either. You mm-hmm. know, it could be a struggle for the husband or it could be a struggle for the wife. But, you know, I was even listening to this. This is kind of a side conversation, but I do find it to be interesting there's another influencer. They're a Christian influencer who are on YouTube, and sometimes I watch their videos. And they talked about their birth vlog. They did, like, a birth vlog, right? Oh, okay. And she had a very, 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 very hard labor. Very, very hard. Um, and I think some of the choices that they made were not safe because they were they took it to a very spiritual place. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very spiritual. And I can say that because I was that person, you know, if you don't know this, but you can go back and listen to the older podcast from season <laughs> one, you'll you'll know about my spiritual journey. But I feel like I could have made some of these what I would say are like not safe choices if say if I was still in the church. Like just about how she was really struggling and the baby was getting kind of stuck and they weren't sure if they were going to go to the hospital because she was doing at home birth. Oh, yeah. And she was like, God, I believe that this is what you want for me to do. And so I believe that we can do it. Right. Where, like, it could have been a little bit easier maybe if they just would have went to the hospital. But Mm -hmm. because they made it really spiritual. Okay, anyways. One thing that I thought was so interesting that the husband said is he said when their son was born, he was really mad at him for a while. Mm -hmm. And had a lot of resentment towards Mm -hmm. him because of the amount of pain he put his wife through. But it was his son. Like, he was mad at his son. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was incredibly vulnerable for him to say for the whole world to hear I thought it was so strong for him to say I thought I just like I respected this man so much more because he said that a because it shows me the amount of love he has for his wife like that he could be mad at his own son for hurting her Mm -hmm. but then after a while he's like obviously after a while I was able to get over it and I needed to realize I needed to bond with my son and like not be mad at him it was just circumstantial right and it wasn't necessarily the son who was causing the problems, I think that there was a lot of circumstances. And I think could have been avoided if maybe they were at the hospital. Mm-hmm. But I just thought, wow, like, <sighs> that's love. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. That's cool that he can be vulnerable and share that with the world. Because I feel like 
maybe recently within the last like 10 or 15 years I feel like people are starting to open up about like postpartum depression Mm -hmm. and then I as I hear it I'm like why are we hiding this for sure why are we hiding this Mm -hmm. and I had a, a uh, at my previous job, a coworker that had a baby, she had really bad postpartum depression, and she um, also like went back to work like as soon as she could. And mm. I thought it was because of that, but I remember her telling me later that she, they didn't need the second income from her, but she felt like she was such a bad mom that she was like, "Oh, I, I, I'm not good at this. Yeah. I better just go back to work." Yeah, and then. Yeah, like how sad. I know. But I also think, I mean, someone who has anxiety. Do you struggle with anxiety? Oh, big time. Yeah. yeah. So I think, too, like when we just have those anxious thoughts, no matter, I think you have, I don't know, I think it would be really hard for you to come out of that place yeah. on your own of knowing that these are just lies. This yeah. is your first time ever doing it. No one is going to be good at parenting, even no. when you're five kids <laughs> in, okay? Like, nothing prepares you, I think, for marriage. No. I think nothing com- prepares you for marriage Mm-mm. and for parenting. Like, I haven't been married. I haven't been a parent. But I can tell you, like, I don't think anything prepares you for yeah. it. Do you think with the marriage, do you think anything prepares you for marriage? I don't think so either. No. Like, I unless, think so. I think maybe, maybe if you have a solid foundation in your own parents, possibly. But I also think every relationship is different. And mm-hmm. not everything is going to work for the same people. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, even though I could look at her and say, that's not true, you're an awesome mom. I mean, if she's just in such a place of panic and anxiety, no mm-hmm. matter what anybody says to her, she's going to think that. But right. it's also just really sad that it's just all lies. Mm-hmm. And then your anxious thoughts just, at least for me, too, they just spiral out of control. Of course. And then I get to a point where it's like, I can't share this with anyone because... I'm so now paranoid about whatever, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, I think I'm really the opposite. I want to share because I want I want the validation that I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I want the validation, oh, you've walked through this too. Like, I just think that's, you know, why I do the podcast too is because I want people to know that they're not alone in their struggles or mm-hmm. in their joys. But going uh, going back to the anxious thoughts, so when we were in the ocean the other, the other day when we were paddle boarding, we had kind of talked about, I had said, you know, someone who really struggles with anxiety probably wouldn't do very good out here because we're straight <laughs> up in the middle of the ocean. No one could rescue us. Right. Like, there was Nobody. no one to rescue us. <laughs> if we screamed, maybe someone could hear us, but, but like, yeah. we would just die, okay? There would be <laughs> yeah. no saving our lives. And so I had said, you know, someone who has a lot of anxiety probably wouldn't do well out here. And then you kind of made a comment that, may I share? Of course. Yeah, yeah. and you just said, well, you can say what you said. So there was parts that, so if uh, anyone's interested, we were um, paddle boarding in, it's called Kiala Kikua Bay, um, and also known as Captain Cook's Monument. So there's parts when we started out, you can see like a, the reef, you can kind of mm-hmm. tell where the bottom of the, what the sand was. And then as you go out further, it drops and I have no idea how deep it is, but it just looks deep. And then it's like dark blue mm-hmm. and you could see like, I like when you look down, you can see the sun's rays mm-hmm. like coming in. Beautiful. But I was telling Jenna that I get anxious when we get to that super deep part. Because I can't tell how deep it is. And yeah. I know that if I jump in, I'm I'm not going to be anywhere near the bottom. Mm. And because it's also a little bit darker, like, what's really interesting, too, is just, like, four feet away, 
if you're in the water, you can't tell that something's there four feet away. Mm, yeah. Um, until it's like right up in your face. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. when like when you're snorkeling and you're just looking down, you can't tell that there's somebody you're about to hit somebody's exactly. kayak. Oh kind my of thing. gosh, we can talk about that drama too. <laughs> I, oh my gosh, we should talk about that crap. Yes, Kay. we should. Okay, anyways. Um, but yeah, I get I get when it's like really deep, I get anxiety too. Because yeah. I'm like, I don't know what's th- well, I know what's there. Right. I just don't know what close proximity yeah. it is. <laughs> right. um, I have anxiety too about really big waves because um, many years ago I went to this beach called Magic Sands. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, that is also known as Disappearing Sands because we'll get really huge. Um, it's called swells, so we'll get humongous waves in the water. And that beach is also deceiving because it'll be flat, it'll be beautiful, and then just out of nowhere there'll be like six foot waves out of nowhere. And they're very close to the shore. So when you get like tossed in a wave, like, or if you, if it throws you up on the shore and then the wave crashes on top of you, like you can, you can easily get hurt. But one time I was out there swimming. I also, normally I would go to that beach and take like 10 minutes to watch the waves, watch where the current's going. And that day I just jumped in like, oh, I can do this. Out of nowhere, eight-foot waves. Mm. Very scary. I tried to duck dive, but I couldn't dive down far enough. So the wave kept grabbing me and throwing me, and it was really scary. And it was after 4.30, and that's when the lifeguards go home. So I'm just out there, like with other people. And luckily, um, a Hawaiian saw me struggling (laughs) and drowning and literally rescued me. Wow, that's awesome. So I do, like, it's gotten better and better, but... Like immediately afterwards, when it like we'd go somewhere there was really big waves, I'd be so scared, and I've gotten better, but I still have anxiety about that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow. And I think uh, too, when we were paddleboarding for a small few, maybe thirty seconds, I had a fear of Jaws, mm-hmm. and I had I literally had to say, Jenna, you need to let this go because you're in the middle of the effing ocean right now, and if you freeze up. Like, there is no one here to rescue you. Yeah. You need to make it back to the land. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And so I just, especially because sometimes, like, I'm small. So mm-hmm. paddleboarding is not the easiest thing for me. And sometimes I just have to, like, surf it. So sometimes I'll just get on my belly and I'll just like, use my hands to move. And it was when I was doing that, when I was, like, so my hands were in the water. And my face usually has to be down because... Yeah. You can't keep your head up yeah, and do that. Like, that's really hard, hard you know? Your neck hurts so bad after And a while. I was just thinking, and so, like, my face is close to the water. My arms are in the water. I was just thinking there could literally be a great white shark that could come up right now and just freaking eat, eat me. And I had to I had to get rid of that thought because I could not stay in that place. Like, nope. that would have been a very dangerous – I would have froze. Mm-hmm. Or I would have been so, like, who knows what could have happened. You're panicking in the middle of the ocean. Like, that's not the time. You need to keep a clear mind and a clear headspace. But, yeah, I just thought that was so interesting how uh, the anxiety can kind of sneak up on you, especially in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anywhere. Anywhere. Okay, so this is going to go into our next part of the podcast. I want to talk about the ics of Taurus here on the island, on the islands. And we're going to get into this story about at, to, at Captain Cook's Monument. Okay, so first of all, we are, uh, Alana and I are the only two people on paddleboards. And we come paddling in, and oh my gosh, we have so many. We have two stories about the Ixa Taurus yes. from here. Okay, so, 
Okay, so we come paddling. Oh my gosh, maybe we even have three. There's a lot. We have a lot of icky tourist yeah. things. Wait, can I start by yeah. explaining the area a little bit? Of course. Okay, so there's an area called Captain Cook's Monument, and it's in this little bay, Makako Bay. But you can't just like walk there. There's three ways of getting there. You can get there yourself via like a kayak, your own boat, or stand-up paddle, and you have to launch from about a mile, I think it's about a mile away. So it takes a while to get there, and then you all go to this little spot where it's shallow and there's a lot of reef, so of course that's where you're going to snorkel by the reef, lots of fish. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you can hike there, very, very brutal hike. There's no way I'm hiking that. Or you can, like, um, do, like, a tour boat, Mm -hmm. um, which sounds very fun. But, yeah, so you're there because you, like, paddled there yourself. Which was extremely difficult. Very difficult, or you paid a lot of money to go there. Oh, my gosh, so much money. So, but... Even though that's difficult, there when we showed up, there was a ton of people. So many people. And go ahead. It was full. Like, full. it was just full of kayaks, boats. There was probably eight boats. Oh, yeah. Um, ranging be- from the small pontoon up to, like, two-story. Party you know, boats. Cat- pa- party boat, catamaran things. With, like, 50 people on each boat. Yes. Uh, so many people. And just a sea of, like, heads bobbing around. Yeah, because they were snorkeling. Okay. So we get in, and then um, Brittany or Alana decides to try to stand up on the paddleboard. So yes. go ahead and tell this story about these <laughs> okay, stupid so tourists. All, all the way out, like it, the water was pretty flat, but there's a little bit of waves here yes. and there. So especially I, because of the amount of boats that were around. Yes. Yeah. So on the way there, I didn't stand up at all because I'm like, I know I'm gonna fall in the in the water. Let me just sit and paddle myself. So we get there, and it gets just a little bit more flat when you get to that little area. Mm-hmm. So I decide this is it. I'm going to stand up. <laughs> and then I remember as I'm standing up, Jenna goes, watch out, there's a boat. So like when the boat turns on and it starts moves, it creates all these waves. So of course I stand up right as this wave comes and I fall down. And I just want to say I kept paddling because like I was confident that Alana could stand up. Like I had asked her, Hey, do you need my help? And I don't, I don't like, it was just nonverbal communication that she was yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. So I just kept paddling, okay? And I was, like, <laughs> farther off in front of her when she fell. Okay, that's important to the story. Okay, go ahead. So I fall in, and as I fall in, I realize I have my freaking glasses on and then my hat, and I'm just trying to grab everything so it doesn't sink. And, um, like, a few feet on the left of Gosh. me is a group, a tour group, in multiple kayaks yeah and they were like tied together or something all tied together and and did you notice nobody even had a paddle i didn't notice that so they were just sitting in the kayak there's a bunch of them and i think this is a beautiful location you could be looking down in the water you could be looking (laughs) up at the beautiful sky or up at the cliffs that have a lot of history and instead the whole freaking tour (laughs) is staring at me they just Just were staring staring. at her in the water because she fell and i literally saw their heads go (laughs) (laughs) like everybody so i'm like i'm floating in the water and i'm a very good floater like i can i can float in really deep so i'm good i'm fine but i'm just like i'm taking my hat off and i'm like you know, like trying to tie it to my leash. I'm taking my glass off and I'm putting it here. And so I'm like doing all the stuff. And then this one guy who has been staring at me just goes, oh, do you need any help? And I was like, I'm fine. Thank you. Like, do you need to be staring at me like I'm some kind of 
wild animal in a zoo. Like, but I, I really wanted to just look at all of them and be like, out of all the things you can stare at, it's me. Right. Like, look somewhere right. else. And, God, and so, and I was, like, further away from her, from uh, Alana, and I kept, I wanted to shout, like, are you okay? Do you need help? But I was just assessing the situation. Like, I was waiting for her to either, like, mayday, mayday. I was, like, waiting for something, yeah. but I feel like I kind of was, our, like, nonverbal communication, like, mm -hmm. wasn't really happening. And so I yelled back. I was, like, are you okay? Or did I, I think I may have said that, but then I also just decided I'm going to go to her because I feel like. It was taking you a while to get. I think so. It yeah. was taking you a while to get out of the water, but I didn't know it's because you were like gathering your surroundings. That and I didn't at, know that at that point too. I thought, okay, I'm gonna get it back on, and I was like, why? I'm right here. I can just swim over there. And yeah. there were so many people too that I was like, gosh, I'm probably just gonna smack somebody in the head with Which, the board. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. But yeah, so then I like get my board and I like go back to her, but it was just like. These kayakers, they literally just stopped kayaking, even though they didn't have paddle. They stopped moving, and they were just watching her. And I was like, folks, move <laughs> along. What the heck are you doing? It was so wild. Look down at the fish. Or, like, do something with your life. Like, stop looking at her. <laughs> okay, so another ick that we had was, so we're on paddle boards, and paddle boards are very large, very heavy, and... Um, it was just the two of us and mind but, you, but people everywhere, everywhere water, because everywhere. of all the boats, like, like there was no space. There was no space for you to move around. No space, no space. There was so many people there. And Alana says that that's not very common. No, I think we ended up at the, like the tours will leave at certain times. And I feel like we got there when like all the tours were there. Yeah. Like when they probably just started. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, those double-decker boats, they probably have, like, 30 to 50 people on them. I Easily. mean, so not only do you have 100 people just from those two boats alone, but they're, like, she was saying, there's probably, like, eight boats. There were so many snorkelers, okay? So we're the only two paddleboarders, and paddleboarding boards are big, and, like, sometimes you don't have control of them. At least no. I don't have control of them, right? So I'm coming in. I'm not coming in fast, but I'm coming in hot, you know, mm -hmm. to, uh, to like the Captain Cook's area where there's like rocks and reefs and like uh, people are snorkeling. And this man. Freaking. It was some random guy working on one of the boats. No, he was a snorkeler. He was a. S oh, that guy. Okay. Oh, so yeah, I was yeah, yeah, about yeah. Another thing. Oh, oh, <laughs> we'll also get thing. to that. We'll also get. Gosh, there's so many things. Okay. <laughs> so. No, no, no. Okay, so I'm coming in. I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to come into the area so I can get off my board and I can snorkel or swim or whatever. And this man, he has his snorkel gear on. His face is not even in the water. His <laughs> face is out of the water. And I'm like, excuse me. Excuse me. I'm coming in here. I'm coming in here. Like, I'm literally yelling at him. And you're trying – you're just avoiding hitting him. I'm, that's really. what I'm trying to do. You're I'm like, hey, can you get out of the freaking way? Else. Because, yeah. like – I'm coming in with my paddle and I'm not going to be able to stop it or slow it down or like move it in around. Time, yeah. No, because for me, the, my paddle, like all of a sudden it just goes, has a mind of its own and it's like too, <laughs> right? yeah. like, I, I don't know how to prevent it from doing that. So, and he doesn't, he, he doesn't see anything until literally the front of my paddle is like right in his face. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, I've been, I've been screaming at you like for a while, like, excuse me, I'm coming in here, coming in here. And he looks at me, he goes, he goes, well, you know, you can use the brake. And I said, oh, there's a brake. And he goes, yeah, paddling in reverse. And I was like, oh, well, thanks for telling me. 
Oh my gosh, I don't <laughs> cuss on this podcast, but there's so many curse words I want to say. Yeah. I just thought, like, you're a snorkeler. Like, I understand that you're snorkeling, but you also need to have, you also need to be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Like, people are paddleboarding here, and there are a lot of people here. It's not just a few. And that's the other thing is I feel like when you're snorkeling in an area that is uh, highly populated with other snorkelers or kayakers, paddleboarders, boats, like you, you need to be aware of what's going on mm-hmm. because a lot of danger could happen. But the Absolutely. fact that like I basically ran into him, I'm like, dude, I was yelling your name and your face was not in the water. Your face was out of the yeah. water. It would be one thing if your face was completely in the water and I'd be like, okay, there's some grace there. Mm-hmm. But your head was up, sir. Yes. Like your head was up. <laughs> Gosh, and then the other thing that Alana was alluding to is I was trying, so I got in, I have like really cheap snorkeling gear from Amazon that I will be returning when I get home. And it just like, it worked good the first two days, but now it's just kind of like, I don't even want to deal with it because water keeps getting in the mask. So I was starting to snorkel in that area and then um, I noticed that I needed to tighten my mask. So I got onto my board and I was like, okay, I'm going to like paddle over to where the kind of the rocks and the reefs are because if not... I'm not going to have control enough of my paddle and to tighten the mask. Mm-hmm. Like my board is going to go haywire if I don't yeah. try to dock somewhere kind of. Right. Yeah. So I come up onto the rock in the reef and I'm, I'm, I'm there and I'm not like in danger of the rock or the reef, but I'm just trying to get myself out of the way and I'm adjusting my mask. And then the captain of one of those party goats goes, Hey, paddle boarder, get away from the rock. It's too shallow. You need to go in deeper water. And I wanted to be like, you MFR, are you kidding me? Do you not know what I'm doing? I'm trying to tighten my mask right now. Yeah. Like I needed to get out of the way because your boat brought 50 people. Like yes, if there yes. wasn't this many people, I wouldn't have to like get into the sh- more shallow water. Right. Yeah. It was so frustrating. Also, I saw where you were and like you were drifting and then I was like, oh, watch out. And then you pushed away. So like where I, wasn't I was tr- looking, you weren't. Yeah, you, you were fine. You right. Were fine. I wasn't going to get stuck. I no. There was a purpose and a reason why I was over there. Yeah. Like, gosh, it just. And then he did that. The same captain did it to a kayaker, too. Oh, yeah, to the kayaker. And I think she was just trying to get back into the kayak Mm -hmm. because she saw the Vana and Mm -hmm. was freaking out. Yes. She kept saying, I don't like what I just saw. I don't like what I just saw. Yes. And I was thinking, what is down there that is so (laughs) scary? Like, there are no sharks. Like, we're... No, 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 no. But the Vana is definitely scary. Like, do you want to tell them what Vana is? Yeah, so a Vana is sea urchin and mm. it's very spiky and mm-hmm. it looks like it looks beautiful actually w- oh my gosh and it, it was so funny because I was telling Jenna like on her second day here I was <laughs> like if you see the you know the the spiky sea urchins don't touch them and her eyes got so big and I and I was explaining why because if you if they feel that they're in danger they'll release their like needle like features into your skin and then you can't pull them out or anything, so you just have to let them dissolve. And, and it's extremely painful. And if I see tourists get it on their feet all the time, mm-hmm. and then they're hopping around in, in their whole vacation, it's it's really crappy. Mm-hmm. And you know what I said to Alana when she told me that? I said, well, good thing you told me because I was going to try to touch them. <laughs> and I was like, no, don't touch them, Jenna. <laughs> I was like, dang it, I wanted to so bad, you know. But I can't tell you how many times I've seen a tourist hurt themselves on the Vana. Countless. Wild. They're black and red. So look out for them. You'll be able to tell them. And some of them are huge. Some of them are itty bitty and some of them are massive. Yeah. The ones in at um, over Captain Cook's monument were were humongous. They were big. Yeah. 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 
Okay, so let's get into more icks that we have found of Taurus here. Let's say... Okay, um, how about yesterday when we were driving? So we were on this road to go to a beach, and there's a family, and mm-hmm. instead of walking, like, you're on a road. And it's like clearly. a one-way, one-lane one road. Yeah. Like, it's this is not a wide, this is very narrow, okay? <laughs> so instead of the family walking, like, single file or at least even double file, whatever it's called, they were walking... How would you describe that? They were walking horizontally instead of vertically. Horizontally. And so I'm like right behind them driving. Granted, I have a hybrid, so it's quieter. But again, this is about not being aware of your surroundings. Okay, like you just. uh, Our point is you really need to be aware of your surroundings. Yes. And I was right behind them and they were just walking like do, 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 like just dilly dallying and. How long, how long did it take them for them to realize, oh, there's a car? Well, the, the worst part is, is they realized there was a car and they and kept they walking. They Literally, the mom looked over her shoulder, looked at us, and was, and just was like, oh, well. And just kept walking in the middle of the road. And we're like, folks, get, get out, out of, the, of the road. Like, I what are you thinking? I'm trying to hit somebody today. I just feel like how, how like, rude and privileged and i just there was so I, we were just like you idiots like get out of the and, damn and that road. happens i would say not every time i go to the beach but very often where you're like driving and they're just walking right in front and they're just like <laughs> and then how old was the girl with them she had been like eight or nine yeah i'm like don't you not want your child to get run over by my yeah. truck <laughs> the roads are so narrow here too though you really have to like you really have to be cautious of the other drivers on the road, of the mm-hmm. other people on the road. Um, yeah. The cyclists, too. The runners. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What other icks you got? <sighs> okay. Um, I would say this is something that bothers me, but especially Hawaiians, mm-hmm. is people turning like what they think the aloha spirit is back on the hawaiians oh explain okay so um for example i work uh, for property management but there's a little bit of hospitality mixed Mm. in there so when somebody rents one of our private homes they get a gift basket you're just renting a condo like this no gift basket sorry um and so this lady checked in and she called and said um and i answered the phone and she was just very upset that we never left her a gift basket or never gave her any gifts and she was saying you know do you know how did she rent a private house or a condo condo okay so i said okay thank you so much for your feedback no that was not it so on and on and on about how she's traveled the whole world and i've been here and there and i always get a gift basket or you guys could have at least given me a bottle of wine you clearly have no aloha spirit (gasps) that is what we hear a lot from tourists they have like this kind of entitled mentality of like and i think it's because it is really expensive to come here like i get it it's so expensive but just because you paid a lot of money doesn't mean the people who work here are gonna like bend over backwards and run around and do whatever you want you know what I mean? Well, it's so funny because, yes, I paid a lot of money to come, but I had no expectation that I was going to get a gift basket. Like, I was thankful that there were two naked juices in the fridge. Yeah. You know what I mean? And who knows if those were from the homeowner or from the people who I stayed here last. Probably from the people who stayed you know here last. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, I just – or there was, like, coffee and coffee creamer, you know, and it was, like, good macadamia nut, white chocolate 
like Kona coffee. You know, there was yeah. no like I but the thing is, is because I don't come from um, like back in the mainland or, you know, back in this in Phoenix. Like I don't um, I don't come from Scottsdale. Right. <laughs> like I'm from. <laughs> yeah. I'm from the East Valley, and so mm-hmm. I, d- I think that there's definitely a different attitude of people who are in Scottsdale and yeah. the people who have, you know, all of this wealth and all of this privilege and think that they deserve this stuff because they have a specific last name or because they have so much money. Like, I've worked really hard for my money, and you know, I say, yes, like, who cares? That it, like, I don't, I don't perceive just because it was expensive means I'm going to get free stuff mm-hmm. or a gift. Like, yeah. I don't come from that world. And so. I appreciate that because some people, a lot of people really do have that mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, another example I can give is um, at a job I had a long time ago, one of my coworkers was sitting in her car at her, on her lunch break and um, a tourist vehicle, by the way, we can tell which vehicle is a tourist rental and which one is a local car. Mm, we, we know. Okay. Um, and so she's sitting in the parking lot and a tourist vehicle pulls in next to her and hits her. Like pers- how? Um, like I, with the door or? No, like their vehicle hit her vehicle and left damage. And she was a guest. One of your guests. No, no, no. This is like a long time ago. But not, she was a coworker. I'm she sorry. was my coworker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so okay. she's sitting in the parking lot yeah, on her yeah. lunch break, and next to her, a tourist vehicle pulls in and hits her. Okay. And she's watching them, like thinking, okay, they're about to get out and like leave a note or something. Well, they don't. They get up, they park, they get up and walk away. And so she gets out and she goes, uh, "Aren't you going to leave a note or something?" And the guy says, "No. This is the Aloha State, isn't it?" <gasps> And so That's he's thinking, so oh, Iron Man I can just do whatever I want. Yes. And it doesn't matter because aloha. That's not at all what aloha means. And Stupid. Yeah, yeah, that's something that we all dislike, but especially Hawaiians. Because, again, it's like that feeling of like, okay, we're being taken advantage of and we're not getting any respect, you know? Yeah, and I bet you that that's exactly like similar to what Duke's story is from the Waterman yeah, documentary. Yeah, like, he just... That he was just so taken advantage of because of his kindness Mm -hmm. and because of his aloha spirit. Yeah. Like he just took that aloha spirit with him to the mainland and the mainland does not operate in aloha spirit. Yeah. Like I think too, something like now it's different if you lived in a really small town, but when you're on the mainland, there's just like all these people and obviously you're not going to know everybody, but what they don't get is here. It's all a really small community we live in. So we, Maybe I don't know everybody, but you know that you have to act right because eventually you're going to run into the person that you flipped off and they're going to be somebody's auntie. And now you have a bad name with that whole family and there might be 500 of them. Hmm. And we're all connected. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And it's funny because, like I said, you think like, well, you don't know everybody, but you really think you don't know everybody, but you're you do know like so many people from other people like um a long time ago I worked a job where I knew this lady and now I work with that lady's daughter oh yeah her daughter is my boss yeah it's just constant like little connections here there or like um my current boss her cousins 
are um they do like maintenance at my apartment complex so like obviously you're gonna be on good behavior because they're maintenance but also like that's the family of my boss Mm -hmm. you know what I mean exactly so I think you you kind of really have to have that mindset of like just kind of trying to be respectful at all times because it's not a sea of nobody it's like you you all kind of know each other Mm -hmm. yeah that's so good and can you please tell us more about your ics of working in the job that you work in and about how tourists call you about the most stupidest stuff ever and they think that it's your problem like the tree fell on my car i'm gonna call the rental property please <laughs> they're gonna be able to take care of it for me like please tell me all of that yeah okay so um here's a, a common complaint we've had that the birds are too noisy <laughs> and i'm yes. like what am i what am i gonna do like, like they literally call the condo the like us the property managers yes to complain that the birds are loud the birds are too loud yeah like, what are you going to do about that? And, and Alana goes, well, maybe you should go to a place where those there's no birds. And I said, unfortunately, <laughs> birds are everywhere. <laughs> there ain't going to be no place with right? no birds. Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Or um, there was one time I was telling you this the other day where um, there was like a lanai, which is a, what we call like a balcony. Um, it, but it was a ground floor unit. So past their lanai is a bunch of grass and trees and stuff. And a, a small bird had died and was in the grass, not on their lanai, but in the grass. And um, they called us to take care of it because they didn't they didn't want to move it. And I, I've had a lot of people, too, say, like, well, that's not my job. I'm on vacation. But, yeah, so we're like, OK, well, someone can come later and take care of it. And then they were like, well, what are you going to do with it? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, throw it in well, the trash? Like, <laughs> I have no idea. Like, we, I was like, we what, might throw it in the trash or, like, if it's important to you, we can have a burial here in our little backyard. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, <laughs> White privilege. Let's be honest. That's what yeah, that is. Like, yeah. all of it is just, like, people, just the privilege that they think that they deserve the special treatment. Yeah, or I'd say, too, um, like in all of our units we'll put in a, a guidebook and it's just random information it's, especially with a private home like if you have a pool vendor you have a landscaper in a perfect world they would all tiptoe around the homes like which reservations the home has and do it before or after there's guests but it doesn't work that way like so the pool guy will come once a week the landscaper will come once a week and we'll put it in the book like on Wednesday, they're coming. Like, don't be surprised when you see a crew in the backyard. Mm-hmm. But I've had people, like, not read the guidebook at all, not read our contract that they signed on, and then be, like, so frustrated that people are coming into their home. And I'm like, well, if you want the pool to be swimmable, then they have to come and service it. Mm-hmm. If you want the yard to be nice to let your kids run around in, they have to come service it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think, yeah, there's um, a really strong emphasis of, like, I'm on vacation. I shouldn't have to do anything. I shouldn't have to worry about anyth- anything. Everything should be handed to me. I should not have to be inconvenienced in any way, shape, or form. And I would love that for everybody to have that vacation, but it just doesn't work like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then can you tell them about the tree incident, please? Yeah, luckily I was not there because I'm on vacation, but my coworker texted me that um, 
at one of our properties. It's like a condominium property. One of the trees fell on their rental vehicle, which is really terrible, but it's kind of funny. And they called us. Right. Like, what did they think that like, the rental what are, what property are people are going to do? Like, <laughs> you need to call the freaking car service or the car rental place. Like, I mean, it's good to let us know what happened, but there's nothing that we can do for you. Like, so sorry, you know? That's what you're going to get. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Right. I apologize for this inconvenience in which you are experiencing. And go call the car rental place. Goodbye. <laughs> Stop calling here. Yeah. So like my personality is when I can't have my hair done because I need to get hair done or like take care of my skin or whatever, then like I'll take everybody in. But I have to say like by the time like any day comes around for people not to touch my face or brush or my hair today, I'm still sick. But good for you. on the way here there was like two seats and then the the aisle and then like four seats and then the aisle and then another seat so I was in one of the two seats and I had the window and then I sat by his fiance in the aisle and then there was this man his name was Jeff and um he was there and then he was sitting next to his son well somehow he knew like the older couple that was sitting in front of me and his fiance and I hear him say to them you know I usually sit in first class but for this trip I decided to sit back here with you people and I was all Oh, my gosh. <laughs> then he's sitting down, whatever. Like, we all introduce ourselves to each other. And come on, Siri. I didn't say, hey, Siri. Get out of here. And um, so, anyways, i sitting next to his fiance, And um, we introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Jenna. And then his fiance's name is Carolina. And his fiance and I both have braces. And um, he was like, oh, I see you both have braces. Ha, ha, ha. I'm perfect, and so I don't need them. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Get the heck out of here, you, you Iron Man. It was just, I can't handle people like that. For my personality, like, that is very unattractive, like, especially coming from a man. I like a man who's, like, more humble, who's more servant-hearted, who's, like, more helpful, who will, like, sacrifice his life, right? Like, that's the type of man that I'm attracted to, not someone who has Iron Man syndrome. Okay. Well, I think any more icks that you have before we wrap it up? All right. I want to share one story. Okay, yeah. And I, I think, too, is um, sometimes people don't realize, like, the lack of resources we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're expecting, like, how it is at home. So um, my husband was working at a, a restaurant a long time ago, and um, he overheard a conversation where the um, customers ordered, like, steak or something, and then after they ordered it and it got to them then they were like well wait a second is this local beef and what the server what the <laughs> heck just very honest and said no it's from costco which is like pretty much where restaurants are going to get a lot of their their supplies here sure, yes and um they were furious they were so furious that the beef was not local beef and it did it in it that it came from costco do you have a lot of cows here 
actually we do oh, okay sorry um, just need to know. that's i can i can share a little bit about that kay. later too kay. um so then they were like so mad so then they started questioning like like kind of the way it is here and so one of the questions then they had was like um well is there a refinery here because god the gas is so expensive and then it was like no there's there's no refinery here and then he was just kind of going on about like how dumb and crappy it is here because there's no refinery and and just kind of stuff like that yeah it was just like and and the thing is a hawaiian is gonna hear that and be like go home <laughs> go home <laughs> yes exactly yes exactly yeah and and to like um as you know the stores everything's like more expensive mm -hmm. than it is so that's something you'll hear like you'll hear tourists just losing their minds in the store like somebody that we know did that um and they're very loudly oh. expressing yes, we did. yes oh my know. god this is so expensive blah, blah, what blah. did you expect and you yeah, all know it's, it's a worldwide like a nationwide thing i think that hawaii is expensive right yeah i would think so um but you're making like a scene and we're all thinking like go home then yeah. and also something to remember like when you get sticker shock coming here is those prices aren't exclusively for tourists they're everybody's paying those prices so if you don't like paying that price for one week guess how we all feel paying that price for our whole life mm -hmm. you know <laughs> yeah and I feel like it's just like the other day when we were trying to park is it considered downtown Yes, yes. And it's now you pay to park. And Alana was telling me that that's new, like within the last few weeks or something, mm -hmm. right? And I'm just thinking that is so ridiculous. It's already so expensive to live in Hawaii. I paid for the parking. It was over $16 for two hours. Mm -hmm. And I said, and now locals are going to now have to pay to park downtown. Like, I feel like in Phoenix, we can find parking in a parking garage that's probably free uh -huh. or, you know, five bucks you know I don't really know I don't go downtown Phoenix very often so but but I and I also know this side of the island I haven't been on the other side but I I feel like is that ridiculous it you know are they doing it because of the amount of tourists that come here you know it's already so expensive like I just feel like the locals shouldn't have to pay but there's also no way to monitor that probably mm -hmm. yeah. yeah 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 I agree because there's been spots that are like pay and we avoid those because we know like oh if you go over here then it's mm -hmm. then it's free and now all of a sudden like the secret free spots are now pay and I I truly like I can complain as a person living here but I truly feel like Hawaiians should not have to pay like for parking mm -hmm. like <laughs> well especially because that probably was caused by tourism oh yeah absolutely like another ick of tourism mm -hmm. you know yeah mm -hmm. tell us about the cows Oh, yeah. So um, I uh, somebody from Portugal brought a cow to King Kamehameha. I don't remember if it was the third or second or first King Kamehameha. Uh, but he was like, you know, wow, because like a gift. Yeah. You don't have you know, we don't mm -hmm. have him here. And so that created um, on the big island up in the north area. Um, we have a lot of what is that called like when you're a farmer but for cows just like farmland farmland or and cattle land. yeah cattle thank you and um the term paniolo which basically means cowboy say it again paniolo paniolo yeah okay um so like 
the Portuguese rancheros brought that industry over here. And so we have um, a small portion of the island that has a lot of Paniolo. So that um, also is like integrated into Hawaiian culture too. And I think it's really cool when you go up there and you see Hawaiians with cowboy hats and boots and it's really cool. That's so cool. And this is totally a side note, but I feel like they have the largest target that I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. And um, usually, like, our targets are in strip malls, at least the ones in Phoenix. Some of them are individuals, but but most of them are in strip malls. And I we went into the shopping center of Target, and I said, wait, is the Target all the way here, all the way down there? <laughs> and she was like, yep. And we went into it, and it was the largest target I think I've ever been in. That's cool. It's so big. It was big, yeah. But you also said, like, Target has the same prices. There's very similar prices to, like, Walmart, Safeway, Target. Yeah, I feel like um, as far as groceries go, the least expensive is going to be Walmart and and Target. And then um, if you go into a normal grocery store, it's going to be – some will be the same. Some will be a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Um, do you remember we went to that really large ABC store yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yes. And and I thought, I mean, they're normal Hawaii prices, but it is a little bit expensive, right? The ABC? Yeah. I honestly, I'm on vacation money, so okay. Okay. I didn't even pay attention. <laughs> yeah. So some people will, um, some tourists will ask like, oh, is there a cheaper store? And I'm like, if you're willing to drive 15 minutes east, there's a little grocery store but is it really going to be that much cheaper? No, it's not. And I'm just yeah. like, didn't you budget for this? Like, what are you? I don't understand. I, I, you knew you like it's a, a, a nationwide thing to know that Hawaii is expensive. Yeah. For you to come over here and be shocked by the now. OK, I understand you can have sticker shock for sure. But like the mentality for me was, oh, I need to have like kind of a large budget to be able to make this happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to get into debt. Everything's paid for and all that. But it's like for you to be complaining about that, what kind of person are you? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just frustrating. And I think, too, is um, a, a really strong ick is just people who do zero research before coming here. And then they're just like shocked about everything. It's like Google. It's free for everybody. <laughs> Everyone's got Google on their phone. Yeah, and there's so <laughs> many great books that you can read. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the condo has some Big Island books. Yes. Like, I just feel like, yeah, educate yourself before you come over. It would be helpful. I didn't even do a, a little bit. whole lot of education, but, uh, I mean, we're also cousins, so we mm-hmm. talk, and you tell me things, and, you know, don't get shocked by this, don't get shocked by that. But I also feel like, for the most part, I just didn't, not that I didn't care, but I didn't need to do it because I knew I was coming to mm-hmm. see you, and we are going to go to the ocean, and you were going to be here. Like, I, I didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, you're it, not, like, on your own. Right. Kind of thing. So there was not, I, I didn't need to do a whole lot. Not that I don't care about learning about it, but it was like, well, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Like, but can we still go there? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> even, like, with the ocean thing yesterday, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks so much for being on. Of course. Thanks for having I'm me. I'm so happy that you were here and that we got to talk about Hawaii and I got to learn so many things and we got to educate educate the listeners. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, that is all I have for you on this episode of A Conversation with Jenna. But remember, the conversation doesn't have to end here. If you have thoughts and opinions on my thoughts and opinions, you can email me at a conversation with Jenna at gmail.com. I can't promise that I will respond to every email, but I would love to hear from you. 
Also, please rate and review my podcast on whatever platform you listen on. I would greatly appreciate it. Don't let the things you want make you forget the things you have. Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to talk with you next time. Bye. Thank you.